Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast show with Wazza and Dan. How you going, Dan? Not bad, mate. Good to be here after a good win on the weekend, Warren. Yes, it was a very good weekend, and I like how you slipped in the warrant. I've been called worse, but <laughs> we get that out of the way. <laughs> it was a little bit of a lazy one, that one, wasn't it, right at the beginning? <laughs> uh, before we get into the footy, guys, uh, join us on Facebook pages, uh, the Next Generation Podcast page, also the Next Generation Group Discussion page. Yes, they are different. Um, we're also on Twitter and Instagram, and we're on SoundCloud, where we launch a podcast from. Anyway, guys... Uh, it's been a great round of football. We're in the round two. We'll get into that pretty soon. But I just want to go on about our tipping competition that we've got in conjunction with the Go Footy guys and their podcast, which is TNG Go Footy Tipping. That's uh, going pretty good. So in the top five, we've got Nick Nat Hearn. I don't know who that is. Uh, JB, he's second. Dodzy, Jimmy and Raj. So if you're in that tipping competition, don't forget to get your tipping in on time. Um, with the Go Footy guys, um, Chad's over in Bali. So I'm taking his spot this weekend on RTR FM 92.1. So from 7.45, try and tune in. That'll be me and Ollie discussing the whole round ahead. Also on um, one of our little fun segments we have is the Next Generation number one ticket holder. And that's basically for people contributing um, on Facebook pages and sending in questions and stuff. And they went to Ian Flanders this uh, month. He joins the illustrious group of Warren Cameron, Wayne Hardman, Darren Kittos, Roger Bryant. All those guys will get TNG stickers. Yeah, yeah feel, feel free to PM uh, Wazza or myself and we'll uh, send them out, you know. Lustrous group, you need your rewards. <laughs> yes, I've got mine on my fridge. It's a pretty big sticker, so I'm just waiting for some envelopes, guys, so I'll get them out to you. Um, Dream Team, if you're in the Dream Team comps, that starts this week, round three, so get onto your teams, make sure you've got <laughs> everyone in there. Uh, get rid of all the spuds like I've got to get rid of some. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, before we get into the footy, Dan, we'll talk about the injuries. We've got a few going up. We'll go over the ones from last week. Brennan Archie, still three weeks away. Oscar Allen, he's three weeks, they say, for Waffle. Yep. Um, Josh Kennedy, well, he could be the surprise one. He could be back next week for the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, that's what the rumour is. And he's uh, it was a slow recovery, and then he's just taken a massive leap forward that was almost unexpected. So well, I believe imagine it. Imagine that. I see it. Yeah, I'm the so, same, but imagine that next yeah, week he's back. Be good. It's crazy. Nathan, thought. Nathan Vardy, he's out for four weeks still. Eric McKenzie, well, who knows what's going to happen in with him. It's indefinite, so yep. that doesn't look good. Uh, there's a few little rumours going around that Jetta has an ankle injury for this weekend. Yeah, but have you actually seen anything? I'm seeing a lot of posts about it, but nothing being released. Uh, not on the injury report. Um, usually these rumours end up being true, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. That's it. And one of your favourite favourites, uh, Hamish Brayshaw. Three weeks yeah. for a knee. Well, that, let it settle, and then they're going to have a look at knee surgery. So that's it. Clean it up a bit. Yeah, it's not great. Is that cause... half a year? That's his season gone. Um, not if it's just a general clean up. If if they're doing any ligaments or filling with anything like that, then yeah, that's that's half a season to a season. Um, but it's it's funny that list. It's actually deceiving how many injured players we've got. Because you think Mackenzie could slot straight in. J.K. obviously would. You know, but then you got the Vardys, you know, and Oscar Allen. I am so excited for that kid. I reckon he could very well be the pick of a, the draft once he gets oh, up well, and going. So. Um, but Shin Smith, I think it'll be next year. Like, you know, I'm being realistic. I don't think he's going to have an impact this year. No, nah. uh, he's got to go back to Waffle Connor like Brander, who's really showing something there. Um, but yeah, he'll be a great one. And Brendan Archie, 
feel sorry for him because he only signed a year contract because he said he wanted that because he wanted to prove his worth because he never really got that chance at Port. And in a three-week injury, st- still three weeks, sorry, from an ankle, you know, straight up, you know, it's not the debut star he really would want, would it? No, it wouldn't. But, oh, well, let's hopefully they all can uh, have a speedy recovery and get back on the track sooner than later. Well, let's get into the game, hey? We play the uh, Bulldogs over at Etihad. It was a 51-point win, 18-13, 121 to 9, 16-70. Um, you look at their best players, they had McRae and Dunkley. We had Darling, Ryan, Venables. Hearn, to me, was best on ground. Yep. Um, yeah, look, it was an even performance, but I had a look at the stats, and I know this week's been big on stats. Every page I've looked on on social media is all about stats. Stats can be manipulated, but I look at the ground, and we won by 51 points, but I'm just going to go through these. The disposals, we had seven more. Yep. So, but And our efficiency was 77% each. Contested, we won by 26 Inside 50s, we won by four. Hitouts, we won by 41. Oh, that's the lie right. set and that Nick Nat feed. Clearances, they won. Yep. So, it's very deceiving. Tackles, we only won by four. Clangers, we won by four. It's not a good one. No. Uh, tackles inside 50, we only won by four. Inside 50s, we only had four more. Well, that's it. But I think the thing with that game is we were just such an even, consistent team. There wasn't one player that stood up. And I think that was the difference. And to win the tackles count when you've got more disposals is usually a good indication of who's going to win. Usually a team going really badly will actually win the tackle count purely on the fact that the other opposition's always got the ball. So that's a good sign. But the big thing for me, I look at the goal kickers, right? So let's say Ryan, three. We didn't have him last year. He didn't play last no. year. Venables, three. We didn't have him last year. He didn't play no. last year. Oh, no. I say we didn't have him here. They obviously were on the list. I'm going to make an apology Wa- about Wa- Venables yeah, later. Water- <laughs> yeah, Waterman, two. Didn't have him last yeah. year. And let's chuck Lysett in with two as well. We practically didn't have him last year. Oh, yeah. That is an amazing input from players we didn't have on the field last year. Um, and to me, that's a great sign. Like, And I asked a question. I don't know if it was on podcast last week, but I think I asked you, can we win with a inexperienced forward line and you said yes we can and we did uh, like let, let's not underrate Jack Darling's performance here he's kicked seven goals that's and everyone's raving about Lynch million dollar man right now and it's early days he's kicked one more goal than yep. Darling and one game he and, but he's contested marking Darling is just it's amazing and um He's really stood up this year. And a shout-out to Lacroix, too. Like, he's playing good footy. As I said, early days, but these senior players down there... That's what we want to see, but... And then surrounded by the youth is working so well, like... And it's amazing that we don't have JK there. It's almost like they're performing so well, I forgot that he's still to come into the side. And that's a good thing, because we don't have to rely on JK. No, we don't. It's brilliant. And I'm thinking, he might come back, and he might just have a lean season. He might only kick a couple goals a game. But it's going to be widespread. Like, And Ryan's going to, I think, kill it when JK's around, to be honest. Like, well, um, if he's uh, on the websites, guys, uh, go to the goal of the year and the mark of the year, because Liam Ryan features in both, and so does Nick Natanui. Um, I'm just talking briefly about our best players. On the Next Generation pages, we have a vote every round on who our best players were. And, again, Hearn was best on ground. That's what we voted. And he got 10 votes from the um, coaches. So that vindicated what we we saw. Darling 2 and Ryan 1. 
So going into uh, the season, a lot of people last year nocturne, but I thought he had a great year and he's just proven again that he's a great leader in my eyes anyway. At his age, he's having the best but, season opener I think I've seen. As I said, early days, but two games, you're starting to get a feel for it. There's things like teams don't usually win. And I heard a stat, but I don't know if it was true, but no one's been 0-2 and two and had a big impact in finals. Mm. Sydney did it last year, amazingly, from 0-6, and six, but it usually doesn't happen. So the fact that we've been competitive against Sydney, we towered up the Bulldogs, I think is a good sign, and bring confidence. I, at the beginning of the year, I tipped them to be about the same because we're in improvement. So, you know, fighting for the eighth. And the way I'm looking at it, I think that's a real realistic goal for these kids and these players. Oh, that's good. And just before we finish off on Hearn, he had 29 possessions at 90% efficiency. Now, that is great. And, I, he, and he did some yeah. barrels as well. Honestly, I think that was almost the difference. He did some <laughs> In barrels. that first half, his rebound off there and his sharp boot, these balls went really far, but they were so low. Like, he sniped Eagles players almost with the ball. It was great to watch. And I don't think he had a turnover or a bad possession until... To the last quarter. Yeah, third quarter, last quarter. And I think Gaff was almost the same. And yeah, I Gaff, think that's actually the difference. Gaff We're just a little bit the cleaner. Radar on the weekend. Played oh. in the midfield the whole game. Yep. Had 23 or 24 possessions. Had a few tackles, and he, yeah. he went under grade. He got a goal. He, he got he a lot of contested possessions, which isn't his role. Yeah. And like that's probably why he didn't get the huge numbers, because he got in and under a bit more, which isn't his role, usually. But and that's what everyone's got been go- asking him to do. Yeah. Now he's, he's done. done it. But how good is the fact he got a goal as well? Because yeah. that's the one thing I always agree with. He's such a star player, such a good link player, great for metres gained, but he didn't kick enough goals. And he hopefully he continues that. Just one goal. That's all he's needed to do. One, one goal... Even every second game. You know, if he kicks 15 to 20 goals in the mid at the end of the season, that's very good and for a midfielder. The proof's going to be in the pudding this week to see how he goes up against a Fab Four. I say a Fab Four because it's Oregon. Everyone says Fab Three. I reckon there's one others, which I'll talk about later on. Oh, do we want to talk about that, though? It's still on. very sore spot for Daniel. Uh, Fly and Ryan, he, you know, he's just an X Factor. He's going to excite people. Just listening to the commentators on the weekend... You know, we, we've been seeing it for two years. Yep. We know what he's going to do. So if he can do that every week, we're laughing. I tell you what, though. One thing with Ryan, I watched the game with my family just at home, Mrs. and my little kid, and he's, he, the kids are going to love this guy. Oh, yeah. Like, you should have heard it. Like, every time he got the ball, kick goal, you know, we'll just shout, beautiful! And the little one throws her arms up in the air and cheers, and it was just so good. And I'm thinking, this number one for the Eagles is just... Well, my little gonna boy, be great. Went, one of my little, one, little ones go, oh, look at how high he got. Yeah. <laughs> so. And people say he's got to stop leaping. I don't know if you can do that, though. You no. don't want him second-guessing. That's his style. You don't want like, to ruin his game. That's it. If you tell a player you've got to think about when you jump, he's not going to play instinctive footy, and that's what we want from him. Um, maybe not on JK's head, <laughs> but if he gets a chance to leap, he leaps. Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing him on anyone's head. <laughs> uh, look, we'll briefly get into a few other things. Jamie Graham, he um, had a takeover when uh, Simo had to go back with his uh, sick daughter. Um, he coached East Perth in 2016, and he was a development coach last year. But he follows the likes of Chris Connolly in 2001, Brennan Bolton in 2014, and Darren Crocker at North Melbourne in 2015. Tall and Joy wins as a caretaker coach. Yep. I think Alan Richardson unfortunately lost his first one. And how he's still a coach at St Kilda, I never know. But anyway, mm. that's a different story. 
We spoke about them actually on the Nest. Great show. Watch it if you haven't seen it. And I actually, that was one team I yeah, reviewed. Yeah, I remember that. And they're basically doing what I said they can't do this year, mm. is go back, battle for the eight, not make the eight, you know, flounder around. they got to play McCartan, you know, these things, and the Saints aren't doing it. So that coach could be in a lot of danger come the end of the year. He signed an extra two to years. Two yeah, years but contracts in footy mean nothing. Yeah, true. Uh, we already basically talked about Nick Nat. He only played 70 minutes this time, so it was up 16 minutes, but probably didn't have as many possessions. But what he does around the ground, yeah. the 1% just blows me away. Um, He's an impact player. He has lifted our team, and for people that doubted Nick Nat, I don't know why, because just because you've done a knee doesn't mean you're going to have a career-ending you know, injury. He well, just... I I agree with that, but I didn't expect him to come back have the impact he's having straight away. I didn't. And, like, let's not undersell Lysette either. I mean, this is a guy, I always said, I'm team Lysette. And the one thing I said was, he's a better tap-out, hit-out ruckman. That's his forte. And they've both just come back from injuries, and they're both having an impact. And people are like, oh, they haven't come up against good ruckmen. What ruckman would beat those two? And Lysa got two goals on top, so... But his tackles, too. He's, yeah. he's like an aggressive midfielder. Like, and I said that, I was like, early in the... I think it was one of the first pilots says, watch his tackles. Watch his tackles. I think and he people want to see flair. Yeah. And probably because... Lysa doesn't have flair. People yeah. don't recognise him as much or don't give him yeah. as much attention. Credit. That the, they the, that's the word, credit. Right. Um, and I agree completely. Like he's in Nick Nat's shadow, which isn't a bad thing if you've got two players like at that you know quality. But you think if Nick Nat wasn't there, he was a number one ruckman. He would still, and this is a big call, still be up there with the best. Yeah. That's how much I rate this kid. And injured last year, and I was saying it, and everyone's like, nah, nah, you know, and. You know, I don't want to take a shot of Vardy, but it was the vardy set debate, well, you know? And I, I think, well, Vardy would be probably better up forward, but he's not a good tap-out run. I'm sick of losing that all last year. Comes in, how many we win? By 40 this game? And I think yeah. we're just going to win every game, and it's like, thank God for that. And it helps the midfield a bit. Centre clearance, we're still not winning. Around the ground, we're almost breaking even. But... It's helping fill that midfield gap with those ruckmen because um, they're getting possessions themselves. And talk about Nick Nat not getting many disposable impact. He was just everywhere. He was tappable. He was the Bulldogs were wary of him too. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he was around, they were they Everyone's panicked a lot wary. and turned it over. Well, I'm just going to steal a bit of your thunder because you're usually coming up with all the stats and oh, all right. Let's have it. And I, I copied down what you put on social media today. In the rucks, the percentage of rucks we've won, Nick Nat's on yep. top with yep. 71.7%. And Scott Lysett's third with 62.4%. Yep. He's just behind Sandy. So that just shows you our, what's the word, um, dominance in the ruck. Yeah, it's exactly right. Like... Um just on some other things that you put on, contested marks. Sorry, just quickly, what a good WA dominance that is. The top oh. three all WA plays. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, contested marks for the season, we're in second. Darling's first with six. Goal assist, Cripps, uh, he's six. Uh, Cripps gets a lot of unfair knocking on Facebooks and mm. other mediums. Like, he had a great game against um, Bulldogs. Sydney was a bit fair, but, yeah. like, he's doing his job. My main thing on Cripps is he needs to get goals. Yep. And people can sit there and go, he does the defensive stuff. That's cool. And pressure acts. Pressure acts are a stat that, to me, don't tell you everything because they don't tell you where the pressure was 
um, you could be 10 metres behind and it's considered pressure. So, But he's doing his job, so I'm not gunning for him. We, and we have Crips, though. Disposals, we're yeah. second in the league, 76.5. Last year, we were 16th. Oh, bad kicking is bad footy, let's be honest. And um, early days, which I'm repeating again, but it, it, it brings excitement. But with Crips, I agree with I want him to do more. I don't agree with he's got to be dropped. I think that's a big leap from the two. Yeah. So I'm with, no, he does his role, but I'm with you where he does need to improve because he only has to kick one goal, two goals a game. One goal but a if game. He does that, yeah, if he does that consistently, that's, that's 20, 30 goals for the season. As a defensive forward, that's all he's got to do because he's, he's not going to win the goal kicking for the Eagles. Yeah. That's not his role. Um, so, yeah, as I said, um, but... There is players that are just always the whipping boys. We spoke yeah. about this before, and yeah, he's we, fast becoming one. Him, Master Nelson, they're all in the same. Oh. They're all in the same bar. Still hearing Master yeah. me drop, it just they're blows my same. mind. Um, I'm going to make a public apology here now. <laughs> Last week, Dan asked me if I thought Venner was to be a star in the next few years. Yeah. Well, if he does what he did on the weekend, I'll have to retract my comment and say, yes, yeah. he will be. Because he played really good. Um, he, he surprised me. Yep. He kicked three goals. He probably he only had the dozen possessions, but yep. if you got a dozen possessions and three goals, that's all you need to do in my eyes. He showed his strength again. and See, that's, that's why I was so confident with this player because I saw things that impressed me. Yeah. He had speed. His strength for a 19-year-old. He got pinned a couple of times, but I don't mind him taking it on because he'll get better at that. This kid's 19. Um, he could have had four or five goals. He, he missed a couple of ones. And if he slotted that, four or five goals, that is amazing effort. Um, and as I said, this player had talent and skills, and this is a development player. That's why I asked in a few years, when he's 24 in his prime, I think we're going to have something very impressive yeah. with that player. And that's when we talk about a 23-year-old. 23 years old, Tim Kelly. Now, everyone yep. raves about him, and I was, I'm was i the biggest fan. Yep. And somebody said to me today, he goes, oh, how good was Tim Kelly? And I said, he was good, but he didn't have anyone on him. He, he won't ever. He, won't, he, he never will in that And if field. you looked at Geelong and the Hawthorne game, all the midfielders, no one ran with each other. They no. gave each other space and ran with it. You know, they ran no, with it. No no tags, and, nothing. And um, so Tim Kelly, he did have a great game, people out there, but when you look at the game on a whole... See who was on him. There was no one within five, ten metres of him for the whole game. So just take that into perspective where Venables was always... They're giving up, a bit up more forward. respect. Well, yeah. up forward, you know, there's always a defensive player in you. They don't yeah. let you loose. Um, when but, Venables gets unleashed in the guts, yeah. we'll see how good he is. Yeah. Um, and I don't like this comparison because it's just one game, but I'm going to do it because it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's often... Compared to Power Pep, which is fair enough because they're the two ones, which one we're going to pick. Now, if you just take the weekend's game, in his second game, he, what, we said a dozen disposals, kicked three goals. You compare that to Power Pepper his game on the weekend, and he's already had a year to develop. He had nine disposals and a goal, and that's in a win as well. So, as I said, one game doesn't tell the story, but I, I just, I like that stat. This puts it when you compare it, does. So it shows that he does have that ability to be better than that. Yeah. So, guys, don't worry about what we haven't got. Worry about what we've got. That's the moral of the story. So much And we've got Venables. Um, <laughs> we're going to go on to East Perth. Last week I gave him a massive bake. I was probably a week too early. What the hell has gone down at that club? Uh, They're not playing for the club. No, that, that's the problem. We're, da- yeah. we're damaging that club. Yeah, and... He was a massively damaging that club. Um, you know, 
if you play, I suppose you get a look. I'm playing for myself. I want to get in the game. But if you play as a team, then everyone ends up playing yeah. really good. You got to play as a team, guys. If you're going to go down there, oh, I just want to get these possessions. Yes, it's not going to work. Oh, I'm just going to go through. This is the possessions. Now, Hutch got 29 disposals, seven marks, six tackles. But from all accounts, he was turning them over. But that could have been the pressure that was on him. Yep. He's probably going for the ball. I didn't see all the game. I saw a bit of it. Ainsworth, 24 disposals, seven marks. Look, he, he's a kid of the future. We'll talk about yep. him later on. McGuinness, to me, probably was the best for these Perth. Two goals, 21 disposals, 36 hit outs, seven marks. He he was... He, he was a dominant guy yep. at East Perth. Partington, one goal, 21 disposals. I actually like that, though. There's a big gap. Yep. Wellingham was the next best. He's not even on our list anymore. There was a big gap from Partington to our next best player, which was Brander. Yep. He had 12 possessions, one goal. He took seven marks, and they were good marks. Cole had 11, yep. Rotham 10, Maddie Allen 10, Petricelli 7, Watson 6, and Carpenny 5. Now... A guy like Carpenter, he's been on this five years. He should be killing it. And uh, we got we got killed, so it can't take away yeah, from the yeah. game. We they, they killed us. But you've got to get more than five five well, possessions. Put yourself yeah. in the game. You know what I mean? What are you doing? And then we got guys like Taya Bayok in the reserves. He had one goal, 22 disposals, six marks, seven tackles. And Callan England had 18 disposals. Now, why are those guys in reserves in the first place? Yeah, we'll see. They're in reserves. They shouldn't even be on an AFL list. This is the way I think. Yep. Now, that's why I am so adamant that the this team, the Eagles, needs their own team. Yeah, I, I'll just repeat myself. We're destroying East Perth. Yeah. We're not playing. They're not playing for East Perth. They're playing for a spot in the Eagles. They're playing positions the Eagles want them to play in. Um, but you go down the road yeah. to people. What's the difference? Well, I think they don't. That's a bit opposite. I think um, they dropped a lot more senior players. I think if there was, say, Marston in there, a few of those, I think they might play better because, as I said, he's a bit of a... He's a general in our fauna. But in a losing game where we got smashed, we had a lot of impressive players, and that's the really sad thing. Like, the top ones you read out, Partington and goal 21, I love that because, again, and this is the thing I loved about him, he's a goal-kicking midfield. So I hope he does come along. And, you know, people, he's almost a bit forgotten man. But those top four, that's cool. Yeah. You know, that they've done their job. But, so, guys that are like Rotham and Matty Allen well, and Carpenter, they this, 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 yeah, this is harsh, but we've got to cut people at the end of the year. Yeah, well, they're the ones on the chopping block. That, that, that's exactly right. It sounds harsh, and mm. to do this this early, but you're naming players aren't doing well. Yeah. How many players do we need next year? Well, Let's say four, five. You know, yeah, you got to cut. It'll be four, five, I reckon. Well, they're, they're um, those four that I just named. Then are on yeah, chopping block. That's what I mean. So let's not focus on the bad ones because if they I don't, I know perform, we're not trying to focus. But the, if you were those players, you knew your name. You'd know damn well that your name is on the chopping block. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to back come out. I think he's had been on there that long on our list and hasn't performed. And I've brought this up before. Um, actually, on the podcast, they compared. I bring up Marston again because I love that player and Carpenter. And they were saying Marston should go and Carpenter should stay. And I said, mate, he's not even performing in the waffle. No. Um, the, the upsetting one to me, and this is what actually really upset me, and I don't know how they'll play it or if they were very, very defensive, which they will getting killed, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were, but it was Cole and Watson. 
Because they're two players I'm like, they're pushing for Nelson's spot. They're the same type of players. No, they're not. Get a no, they're not. They're that's not it. Get a spot so I don't think on those that's e- that's exactly right. And they're the ones that actually hurt me the most yeah. because they're ones I'm raving there. And that's the position I think is almost available because there's not much holes in our side yeah. right now. As I've said before on social media, such an even contribution from our players is how we beat dogs and how we were very competitive against Sydney. Right, so I just want to really touch on Brander. So as a forward, 1-1, 12 disposals, 7 marks. Now, what I heard was four of those marks were contested, and he really showed something. And this is an 18-year-old kid that's probably playing on fully grown men. So, look, and as we said, the stats can be deceiving. His stats aren't great. The 12 disposals as a forward's pretty good, but I heard he was actually very imposing in that game. And in a losing game as well, like we got smashed, he, he did what he needed to do, and... He's a player of the future, really. I reckon oh, yeah. a couple of years developing, and he's already taking good contested marks. That's I think he'll, he'll have an impact, kind of similar to Waterman's doing. And that's why Oscar. I can't wait to see what Oscar Allen's going to do as well. So I've already said pick Oscar of the bunch. Allen, Brander and Waterman, yeah. those three guys, big bodies. One of them can be made into a midfielder yeah. at least. I think we're in a good spot. Brilliant. Um, guys, on our social media pages, we have a little poll thing going called What's Your View? So we'll go through them pretty quickly. Uh, these this week was uh, do we make changes to the same team same team against Cats and it was pretty even uh, yeah. 50% said yes we should and 50% said no we shouldn't really so uh, that's yeah. a, bit, a um, bit weird I spoke about the revolving door but right now it's such a consistent side it's, it's hard to yeah that's exactly I'm, I'm on the no side with this why would you change it when informed that's exactly right like the players that were a bit on the off and that's injury yeah. Unless injury comes. Okay. Now, this is the one thing. If Jeddah is injured, and this is what people don't understand, like, well, drop that player, bring someone in. I've seen things like, drop Nelson, bring Josh Kenny in. That doesn't work because you need players yeah. in that position. So, Hutchings will be a tagging midfielder. So, let's say Jeddah's been playing in the back line. They'll just drop Yo back to that, the... That's exactly what's getting. And Duggan Yo as back. well. Yeah. Yo and Duggan will be less in the midfield, put back. Mm. So, that would work. Um, but other than that, no, I wouldn't change anything. Now, we've touched on some of the younger players. Is Brandon Ainsworth the next player to debut for us? Uh, I would say yes. Um, well, he's so consistent. Yes. He's, he's so consistent. No. And Hamish Brayshaw's injured, and he's I just think he's playing great foot in the reserves. Um, but as I said, they're playing for themselves, so it's a bit harsh on these people. But he's Ainsworth. playing consistent. Ainsworth will be, but what round? We never know. So um, I don't think it'll be for a couple of rounds yet. No. Um, like we said, there's always the whipping boys and, you know, Jackson Nelson is probably one of them. Uh, I've put this up again. Does he survive the chopping block for the game against the Cats? And 72% said he should go. Um, all now, right. Is that perception or...? This is the thing. You need players to take that spot off them. It's up to the seconds to do it. And we touched on Watson and Cole didn't do it. So, no, I wouldn't drop him. Why would you bring a player that's just had a bad game in the seconds and drop a player there? So, no, if Watson and Cole performed on the weekend, that's a completely different story. Um, Because I thought they almost should have been the ones to debut. But no, you don't change it. And I, I'm on no again. I don't think he, he will get chopped because there's no one to take his position. Let's say somebody goes out. Does Mark Hutchings come into the 22? Is he the man to come in to run as a tagger or a run with player for one of the Fab Four and Ablett, Danger, Salward and Duncan, if Duncan plays? And you can also add in Salward then. Yeah. Scotty uh, Salward. I think I jumped the gun a bit there. <laughs> 83% said yeah. yes. So. Well, that, we touched on that already. Yeah. yeah, bring him in. Jeff Jett is out. 
Yo Duggan plays back. Feels right. for him. We're going to get on to the Cats game now. It's coming up. Um, it's going to be a ripper. 2.40 at the stadium. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's raved about the Cats and they've got the Ablett and the Dangerfield and Scott Soward. I watched the game on the weekend. Look, yeah, they were good. They did their jobs, but Soward got a lot of the ball behind the ball. Uh, so did uh, Ablett. Ablett looked a lot slower. He's getting old. He, um, still a great player, though. It's still, yeah, they're, they're good players. Yeah. I can't, you know, can't say they're not. Yeah. Um, Dangerfield was the more attacking one, and yeah. he can he can kill a side. Um, but they've got a lot of um, injuries. They've got Lockie Henderson. He's not going to be available this week. Mitch Duncan might be. Hamstring tightness. Um, Harry Taylor's out for six weeks still. They've got a, quite a few guys on the fringes there that are all one week. Um, Scotty Soward played in the twos. Um, apparently went pretty good. Um, Stuart Cramery even kicked two goals in the yep. seconds. And that's where I reckon Geelong's down for is, is their forward line. Yeah. Um, and their back line. They got a I'm, I'm against their back line. They they have massive holes, and their back line is non-existent, especially with Harry Taylor. Right, and that's better. Brilliant midfield. But um, because you get to chuck in uh, yeah. Menegola in there, big body, tall. But um, you can lose the midfield battle. That's it. And, and re- rebound off the back line, and a lot of goals are scored in rebound. That's where we play our good footy. Um, their forward's not that great, but their back line is decimated. And if we perform, like, evenly and all these players are kicking goals, they're going to struggle. Um, I reckon... Roughhead towed up the young bloke that was on him because they don't have anyone. The, Harry Taylor was it, you know. Who was it? Mackie. They had three of their backs retire last yep. year. Then they've got Harry Taylor out. And Lockie Henderson's out, so... Yep. So it's basically a child's for the back taking. line. It is. Duggan was on the radio the other night, and he was so, you know... Adamant. Go, I like that like, word, adamant. We're going to go and <laughs> yeah. we're going to give this their best shot. And I hope they do. And I reckon they give them the best shot they can win. And, uh, uh, tackle. If we tackle and focus yeah. on tackling, we'll win. And we've got a good record. Um, and the Cats. Don't this travel. Is one, this is a thing about the Cats. Yeah. They like, if this was at Subiaco Oval, I'd be tipping the Cats. Really? Right? Because they play a narrow ground really well. Their ground is long and narrow like Subi. And... When they play on the MCG, I've never seen them blow a team away except for the grand final where they won by 140 points or whatever. <laughs> Who was that against again? Against Port Adelaide, wasn't it? Oh, was it? <laughs> and, but they just seem to have a lot of trouble on the round of grounds and maybe that works to our advantage. Tip for this round for Cats and the Eagles. Who are you going? Oh, I, I always tip the Eagles. Um, probably better to ask me why because <laughs> I've Ma- always got a tip. Margin. But... 14 points. I just, I honestly think they've got big holes in that side right now. You can't have a star-studded midfield and no one there. In our glory days, our midfield won us our premiership with yeah. the, you know, Magic Trio. But you forget we had Hunter that could swing back. We, we had, had Glass. Than, we had more you know, than three people. And Lynch and Hanson. Hanson was very run-at-the-ball mark. But they were average forwards, but they did their job. I think Lynch kicked 63 goals that year, you know. So... We didn't have holes as such. Our talent was the midfield, but we had all Australian backs and we had good forwards. And all Australian forwards, because Lacroix as well was a, at the time, a, you know, an all Australian, you know, I think a couple of years after. Um, so, yeah, but then you look at the Cats. Now, they've got this star started midfield, but they don't have great forwards and their back is just horrible, man. Well, you take Menzel out and you take Hawkins out of the game. And look, Hawkins hardly did anything the other day yeah. until the last half. I mentioned Hanson run up. 
and Mark, that's him. He's not He's not going to turn players around. He'll try to wrestle the player or run Mark. He's not very versatile. Menengola's the one that I don't see somebody matching up on him. I think yeah. he's just one of those players that if we can contain him, because yep. he can break out, he's he's an immense talent, that guy, yep. and he goes under the radar because of the Fab 3 ahead yep. of him. So if we can contain him, I reckon we've gone a long way for a win. I'm going to go on the record and say Eagles will win. How much? 10 points. I like it. I like it. A bit more than last week, and uh, yep. I, I didn't think we'd win by... 51 points. I was, I was quietly confident. What did I say? 34 or something ridiculous. Yeah, well, you were pretty good. Because I, I had a feeling dogs, they got no way gravers. Like, even Bont's, Bont's stats are shit oh, well, stats. Bont's you know? is overrated in my book. Yeah. Why Tom Boyd can't get a game, I don't know. But, well, that's the wrap-up for West Coast and the Cats. Um, hopefully, everyone gets down there. Hopefully, we get more than uh, 55,000. Um, from what I hear, there's no banner again. It's a tunnel, the Eagles Tunnel. So... If those people are looking for the banner, don't worry about it and don't get upset because we're trying something different. So what we're going to do now is we're going to end off with our little bake set we had. We started off last week. We're going to call it In the Spotlight. Dan's going to do one and I'm going to do one and then we're going to end the show. So do you want to go first, Dan, or what? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, go big or go home, they say. I'm going to go for Gil McLaughlin. Now, let's go back to the women's AFL, AFLW. The grand finals aren't always at the MCG. So I feel like... He's selling out the game, the integrity of the game, to line his own pockets with money at the MCG. Now, a lot of traditionalists love that, but it's not a fair comp. You look at all the interstate sides that were better. Adelaide was better than Richmond, but Richmond won because they were Melbourne side. And you go back further, you know, Sydney was the same. Uh, Hawks won their three, which is great, but it was against all interstate teams. And the Hawks actually lost against the Eagles at home. So I feel... Like he's saying to you, but this is where my whinge really comes into it. He, he, he will do these things. Bums in seats matter to him when it's a Victorian side. Now the crowd was just over twenty two thousand on the weekend. That is pathetic. We could have added over thirty thousand extra bums in seats if that was played at home. So if bums in seats matter to this, this guy, then why is there not okay? You're not getting a crowd. You're playing two extra games. Add up the stadium, fever. And I'm not even saying for these, it could be the Dockers. But this is because re- they will sell out the crowd as well. This is ridiculous, picking and choosing. Now, I'm going on a tandem again, swapping. A lot of people are talking about Good Friday, Ruse and Saints. The thing with the Ruse and Saints, Ruse are like, this is our game, we developed it, you know, we wanted the Good Friday game. Fair enough, but you're playing the Saints who's in the same spotlight as you. Dogs, Saints, Ruse don't have the supports. No one really wants to go. So, hey, why don't you swap the team Ruse are playing? Go to Obda Stadium again. Play the Eagles. Then Good Friday will be a sellout and it's still a Ruse game. And this is where it gets tricky. It's not going to happen, but isn't that a dream? And it'll, it just improves the game, the integrity of the game, evens it out. And people will laugh at it. But it's not actually a ridiculous f- f- thought at all. You know what I mean? And I'll leave it that because I've gone for a bit long. But Gil McLaughlin, I'm roasting you this week. No, all good points that you bring up. The way it can happen is if the clubs get on the front foot, like yep. the Gold Coast did. Um, they've sold their game to Fremantle this year. Yep. Uh, West Coast were in negotiations as well. Um, they left it a bit late. Freo are going to lose a bit of money out of it, but Apparently Gold Coast so. going to make money. That, that's exactly right. And these struggling clubs, they need that. Yep. Like the Gabba game was horrible as well, the crowds. and like, getting ridiculous. I'd give um, Gold Coast, they've done it last yep. year with Port Adelaide. They went yep. over to Sing- uh, Shanghai. Um and those struggling clubs need to do it. The St Kilda's, they need to... 
I know yeah. they might be giving up four points. Yep. But well, they may not though. But the if money they help want the club them. to yeah. be financial and not have a handout, yeah. so they need to start doing that in the future. And I reckon you might see that happening. I reckon you'll see it happening if the fixtures were more even. Like say it was a seventeen round. It was seventeen rounds. Yeah. You play each other once. He loves his money though, so I don't think he'll shorten you sit it. There, you know, yeah. that's the only way I can see it happen. Let's hope it happens. That says it's, it's just a dream. I, I realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's what I want. And as I said, the hypocrisy of it all is the oh, the grand final. You know, you get an extra thirty, forty thousand bummed in seats. Matthew but why Lloyd, does that not matter during the week? Matthew Lloyd brought it up during the week. I think it might have been a talk of footy yeah. or access or areas. Yeah. He said pretty much what you said, yeah. and he said if an interstate team is on top of the ladder. Yeah. Why can't they have a grand final there? If you're talking about seat, uh, you know, seats being filled, yeah. why can't they have it there? Said it's never going to happen. Like I said, yeah. broadcasting money. Yeah. But it's something that we've got to look forward to or dream about. But the thing is, is that in the last four years, interstate teams have been the better team. And I'm judging it on the season, finishing higher on the ladder. But the Vic team wins because they're not travelling. That's it. And look, we all knew that. Well, I knew Richmond wouldn't win at Adelaide. Yeah, oh, of if course. If had not. played the grand final at Adelaide last year, Richmond wouldn't have won the grand final. That's why, going back to the Cats, I'm un- like, interested to see how they're going to travel because the Vic teams don't do it often, but they don't travel well. It's well, funny, like, someone on the. I'm going off tangent here, but Eagles always got caught the flat track bullies when they travelled, yep. right? But not once has Essendon been caught a flat track bully. They've won one out of 19 interstate trips. Really? I think Saints have won one against Freo in the last two, three seasons. Well, that's about 16. Oh, no, that's less than Essendon, but they still yeah. haven't won. But they don't get labelled no. a flat-track bully. And the funny I mean? thing and is, that... we've beat the Dogs at Eddie had the last two years. You know, mm. We do get the odd like, interstate win. We own Adelaide Oval. <laughs> the West is ours, so is the South. We don't lose at Adelaide <laughs> Oval. Um, and again, that's an away team. Easy. Yeah. I've probably jinxed it now. All right, well, I'm going to have my little in-spotlight bit. I prepared my little bit. It's got nothing to do with football, but I was going to let this go, but I I just couldn't because it's all I've been hearing about. So this is my piece. It's going to be my last piece on this, and I hope we can put it all there. Mine's about the cricket fiasco. So here we go. The Australian media, the Cricket Australia, and everyone else who wants to voice opinions on cricket fiasco last weekend in South Africa... Please bear in mind that, yes, these three involved have done the wrong thing. Yes, they've owned up to the par in it as well. But they're not drug smugglers. They're not criminals or murderers. They're not rapists and they're not pedophiles. So why are we treating them like one? They tampered with a bloody cricket ball. Something that's been happening since the game was invented. Yes, it wasn't a good look, but these people do have lives outside of cricket. So instead of trying to get a headline that's only going to lead to more angst and sorrow, maybe write an article or broadcast something that's less destructive about these guys again it was ball tampering, not murder. To the one journo, and there was one journo that asked the same question to each of them, and none of them answered. What were you expecting, mate? Legally, they couldn't give you the answer you wanted. In any case, a no answer was the answer that you wanted. And we all know that it happened, so why ask it? So now maybe Smith, Warner, Bancroft and Lehman can move forward, find the rehabilitation and maybe we can get behind them because everyone makes mistakes. Heaven to bid, even myself. But you can learn from those mistakes. And I hope these blokes I've just mentioned can move forward because unfortunately, this will never be forgotten. And it'll be something that will be used against him as a jibe or a taunt for the rest of the lives. A penalty they will have to live with. Isn't that enough? I think it is. But personally, I think come back a big 
a force again in Australian cricket. But that remains to be seen, and the whole story probably remains to be never heard. But to Cricket Australia, before I part, if you want to take sledging out the game and make it the so-called gentleman's game of the early 1900s, when you only have to look at last test, just gone, what a joke. Culture is a big word, but don't kill it. The personality of the game, otherwise we might have to watch paint dry as it'd be more interesting. That last test was an absolute joke. Anyway, that's my bake, and I'm not going to speak about it ever again. I've had uh, enough of it. It was a good bake. Uh, the one thing I found interesting, right, out of all the sports, the media has least access to cricket players. They're not accessible to them. So when this first happened, they said, you watch the media go after them because the media doesn't like the cricket players. Footy players, rugby players, they do a lot of interviews. Cricket players don't. They're not easy accessible. They're expensive to get interviews from. So that's why you find the media, whenever there's something little, they go to town on the cricket players because it's a little bit of a vengeance thing. They're not actually happy with them. And I've noticed Channel 7 Media hasn't done much about it because they're sitting, they're watching this the, yeah. um, broadcasting deal coming yeah, down. That's exactly and right. And they're going to snap it up. Uh, but I don't want to talk about cricket because this is a footy show, but I thought I'd have to yeah. say my piece. Fair enough. Because um, as an Aussie, we all love our cricket. But um, let's hope we never have to go through something like footy again. <laughs> yeah, we've oh. been through the Bombers, we've been through the Eagles, we've been through all those. I, I, I think it's done. A PC world, mate. I think there's not much <laughs> that can go wrong with footy clubs anymore. Um, we got a double header actually, because we got Eagles versus Geelong, and the following week we got another home game against Gold Coast. That's going to be an interesting uh, game, especially if Gold Coast can get over Frio. be very interesting, and I hear they're actually staying. So they are, they're so. staying in the week, which is actually a very smart idea and good planning by AFL with the fixtures. And another thing about the Gold Coast, I said they would be my bottom side. I said they'd hardly win a game in the yeah. first 10 rounds. They're undefeated with two. Well, I think Ruse and the Bullets are my two bottom two are both in the eight right now. But I still expect them to drop down. Oh, great, drop. great wins, but yeah, I don't expect much. I couldn't see them winning any games in the first ten, and they yeah. won two. So, how I'm on top of the tipping at the moment? Oh, did I just let that out? And I'm <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. We've kept it a little bit shorter. Um, again, this Saturday, if you wake up early like I do, um, I'll be joining Ollie on RTR FM for 15 minutes talking about the AFL. Otherwise, we'll be back here next week with the Next Generation podcast. Uh, look at us on Twitter, on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook. Um, send in message uh, questions if you want anything answered. And hopefully, you've been enjoying the show because I'm having a good time doing it. What about you, Dan? I enjoy it. Talking footy, mate, one of my favourite things. And talking Eagles especially, even better, was I? And next year, who knows, we might even have our own radio segment somewhere. Oh, that would be good, mate. That's a pipe dream anyway. Uh, <laughs> take the podcast to the next level anyway thanks again guys for joining us I hope you enjoyed um, let's hope for an Eagles win against the Cats because that would be just what the doctor ordered and then going forward you know this is going to be the year of the Eagles especially the youngsters they've given us a little bit of X Factor they've given us a bit of enjoyment and I think we're in a good spot going forward in the new era very exciting times and uh as I said, consistent from all of them, the young players, the old, it's just, we're gelling, and we're actually playing good, exciting footy, that's the main thing, and they're exciting and fun to watch, like, it's, yeah, as I said, I watched with the family, and we're all cheering, and Liam Ryan, you know, does his thing, Nick Nat does his thing, and these are X-Factor players, and 
Last year we kind of didn't really have that, and then this year like, yeah, we've got I'm two excited. in there. I'm buzzing, and next week we might even have a special guest. So make sure you stay tuned. So it's uh, see you next week, guys. The Next Generation Podcast. Download it, upload it, share it. Thanks a lot. Catch ya.